My lords, ladies and gentlemen, bride of the gorilla, son of Flicker, Freeze Green, Jill Wills, Dr. Jekyll, Wilfred Eyed White, fellow member of the Honor Film Club, your host, Count Dracula, wishes to take plasma with all the ladies present. <laughs> Please charge your smoking beakers. The toast is the thing from the Black Lagoon. With whom I would like to couple, Ken Dodd, and of course, round the hole. Hello again, welcome to the show. Now, first, here are the answers to last week's questions. First, the cooking question. Well, the answer was in several parts as follows Not with a French dressing, not in a hot oven, and never on any account in a casserole unless they're wrapped in tinfoil and hung for three days first. <laughs> At least that's what Fanny Craddock said, and she added, you can get them frozen if the weather turns nippy. <laughs> next, next, the legendary pears question. Well, the answers were, one, Troilus and Cressida, two, Scylla and Charybdis, three, Ursula and Andres. Now, I would have accepted Damon and Pythias, but on no account Mike and Bernie Winters, as they're still alive. So I'm told. Finally, the... Uh, finally, the complete these song titles question. The first one was, there's a hole in my... Well, the answer was, Bucket, dear Liza, and I got your letter, Mr. Grunt Futtock. <laughs> While I accept the geographical accuracy of your reply, it's nothing to make a great fuss about. <laughs> now, the second song title you were asked to complete was Casey Wood Blank with the Strawberry Blonde. Now, what Casey did was dance, dance. Many of you had other ideas as to what Casey was up to, all of them physically impossible. <laughs> particularly while dancing a waltz, <laughs> so Victor Sylvester tells me. Besides, the, the next line of the song is, and the band played on. Now, knowing musicians as I do, if Casey had done what you suggested, the band would have stopped playing and joined in. <laughs> Except for Eddie Braden, who's not terribly keen on Mahjong. Smith. And now, Armpit Theatre proudly presents episode two of The Three Musketeers. D'Artagnan christened Alice by a short-sighted clergyman <laughs> Spent his boyhood in Gascony and at the age of 21 came to Paris to seek his fortune, among other things <laughs> Meeting the musketeers, D'Artagnan threw in his lot with us and we threw in our lot with him Oh, what a lot we got! What a lot! <laughs> Yes, all right. Now, we were celebrating our victory over the Cardinal's Guards when we were summoned to see the Queen. My husband and I are graciously pleased to receive our loyal musketeers. Let me kiss my Aramis. Let me kiss my Porthos. And what is your name? Arthur. Let me... <laughs> Shake you by the hand. And who is this hand?
handsome youth who stands by your side, so ruddy-faced and tousle-haired. I am D'Artagnan. That description wouldn't have fooled anybody. <laughs> Oh, why did you send for us, Your Majesty? Your queen is in danger, sob, sob, gulp, gulp. Only you can save me. Now, listen carefully. Here comes the plot. I gave a valuable diamond necklace to my lover, the Duke of Buckingham, but Cardinal Richelieu, my arch enemy, discovered this and persuaded my husband, the king, to throw a ball at which I must wear the necklace or be shamed, discredited and... <laughs> humiliated. You must hide to London, recover the jewels, and return them to me here before the thought Farewell, and may fortune attend your mission, brave musketeer. Adieu. Adieu. Hey, I adieu. We've won the cup. <laughs> to horse. To horse. To goat. To goat. I couldn't afford a horse. All through the night, the musketeers rode, till rosy-fingered dawn dappled all with pearls of translucent light. <laughs> and the trees wept dewdrops upon the green swardy clept Picardy. <laughs> and the roses shyly blushed... Oh, get on with it. <laughs> Stop padding your parts, mate. What he's doing is padding. Oh, all oh, right. That. Four hours later, the road to Calais. Ooh, there's a place we can stop for refreshment. Ah, bistro. <laughs> oh, ho there, innkeeper. Ah, good morrow, sire. Uh, where are you bound? After a night riding a goat practically everywhere. <laughs> We are, we're making for Calais. Well, rub down the horses and milk the goat. Then bring us food. Yes, sire. May I suggest a boar's head surprise? What's the surprise? It's still attached to the rest of the boar. <laughs> and bring us venison and woodcock and ptarmigan and lark's tongues. And a shilling bag of chips, too. <laughs> and don't spare the vinegar. Tonight we celebrate. But the innkeeper in the pay of the wicked cardinal hastens to the kitchen to inform his master. Here. I want to speak to Cardinal Richelieu. I'm very sorry, sir, but the telephone won't be invented for another 200 years. Will you wait? No, but immediately it's invented. Call me back. <laughs> Blast! Never mind, I'll attach a note to the leg of this pigeon. That's it. There. Why don't you fly? Why don't you fly? Well, I think it's because it's casserole. <laughs> oh, yes, casserole. Yeah. The cardinal is in Paris. There's only one thing for it. Oi, cardinal! Hello! I, I've got the three musketeers here. Aye! The three musketeers! What did you say? <laughs> the musketeers down in there. Oh, good, then they're in my power. Ah! Ha! Richelieu, our bête noire. That is your actual black beast. <laughs> Evening, bet. On guard! Oh. Oh. Ah. 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 Name of a dog. Fido. Correct. Double the money? <laughs> oh, yes, I don't mind, Huey. All right, now for 50 sous, how do you make a Maltese cross with four matches? Light them and stick them up his vest. <laughs> But seriously, we're still good friends because... We're riding along on the crest of a wave and the world is on. 
Meanwhile, back at the plot. The musketeers are engaged in a fight to the death with the Cardinal's guards. Will they escape? Will they reach the Duke of Buckingham in time? Will Jock and Snowy escape from the jaws of the giant man-eating Cumberland? Where did my snowman go? Will you love me in September as you did in May? Tune in next week for the answer to these and many other questions when we bring you episode three, count them three, how do they do it, of the Three Musketeers. And now the Fraser Hayes for Hear No Evil, See No Evil, Speak No Evil, and Marge. <laughs> to do a great injustice to It's Only a Paper Moon, ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes for. Say it's only a paper moon sailing over a cardboard sea, but it wouldn't be make believe if you believed in me. Yes, it's only a canvas sky hanging over. But it wouldn't be make-believe if you believed in me Without your love, it's a honky-tonk parade Without your love, it's a melody played on a penny arcade It's a Barnum and Bailey world, just as phony as it can be But it wouldn't be make-believe if you believed in me When I'm away from you Out of your embrace The world's a temporary parking place The world's about for a minute Your smile, the bubble has a rainbow in it Now, the Round the Horn colour supplement, the part of the show that can only be heard in colour. And here now with news of what's on in London for the discerning visitor, man on the spot, Brad Smallpiece. Well, it's been all go, go, go this week, but fortunately the bland mixer still to be working, so let's have a look at the swinging London scene. Well, it's rapper pig me on the knee with a French loaf week in Southwark, and... Uh, <laughs> to celebrate this annual event, there's a torch-lit display of rabbi tossing by the civil defence... <laughs> On Tuesday, there's the Intercity's Freestyle Muff-Waving Contest at St. Ethelbert's and the Harbour Master's Egg Poaching Jamboree at the Lost Property Office, Baker Street. <laughs> but I myself would plump for an exhibition of au pair greasing at Smithfield on Thursday. <laughs> 
Will Thursday never come. Now, fashion. Celia Twick reports from Paris. What is Pierre Bermain up to behind the closed doors of his Paris salon? Mind your own business, ducky. And <laughs> ask where you spend your time coming here with all those sort of the British male is becoming more and more clothes conscious. The trend has even reached the police force, who you hear are having new with-it uniforms designed for them. Over now to the cocktail bar at Bow Street Magistrates Court, where top designers are exhibiting what tomorrow's policemen will be wearing. The parade is described by the fashion correspondents of the Police Gazette, Inspector Tom Grutz and Detective Sergeant Obadiah Graspole. Ah, uh, evening, oh. Ah, yes. Ah, first we see Roger and George chatting at a bar. Roger wears the basic little black outfit that no trendy copper on the beach should be without. Gone the cumbersome helmet, and in its place, a cheeky tomboyish little number in pink velour with a bobble on the top. <laughs> what fun. <laughs> Above the peep-toed, courage boots, white PVC, of course, he wears Bermuda shorts cut daringly low over the hips to reveal just a hint of midriff. <laughs> well done, Roger. You look stunning. <laughs> and uh, George has gone gay in a figure-hugging, pastel, one-piece cat suit. Yes, how ideal for those interminable peace marches. Gone, the bulky pockets of yesteryear, whistle, notebook and truncheon are now carried in a dinky handbag. <laughs> ah, yes. Look out, Mr. Burglar. George is ready for anything. <laughs> for evening wear, Sydney has really gone to town. Notice his non-crushed black velvet matador pants, fastened at the knee with a simple rhinestone buckle. So practical for those drafty rides in a black Mariah. <laughs> Uh, his frilled shirt, surmounted by a shorty op-art cape in wild silk. Uh, and should it come on to rain? Why, no matter. See, it's reversible. The, uh, the alsation on the lease is optional and can be dyed to match the colour of your hair. But uh, just so that we do not forget that Rover 2 is in the force, his toenails are painted regulation grey. Thank you, Sydney, and stop it, Rover. Yes, sits ooh la la in the police force of tomorrow. Carry on, constable. Yes, and if that's the uniform branch, I can't wait to see the plain clothes. Well, now, this week the Round the Horn colour supplement turns its attention to the sea. One of the most typical traits of your true Englishman is his love of the ocean. Was it not the immortal Shelley who said of the Mediterranean... Roll on, thou mighty... <laughs> I don't think that immortal was quite the right word. History resounds with the names of seafaring Englishmen. Nelson! Kiss me hard. I can't, sir. My lips are chapped. <laughs> oh, one more chap won't hurt. And that was, of course, the famous scene between Nelson Rockefeller and Hardy Amis. <laughs>
What stories does the scene not conjure up? Well, West Side Story, the nun story, and the story of the bishop and the actress. There's just three of the stories the sea doesn't conjure up, but all of us thrill to the romance of smuggling. Ah, uh, what have I got, you say? I'll tell you what I got. A brandy for the parson, backy for the clerk. That's what I got. Ah, uh, I got. Ah, uh, and bales of fine silk for me ladies' dresses, and perfumes from the Indies, and barrels of rare spices, uh, and kegs of rum, and a fine cockatoo, and a copy of Mariah Monk, purchased, purchased in Paris, a bath and diamonds and rubies and a dancing bear. Arr, that's what old Jim's got. Yes, yeah, so now would you mind opening the other suitcase, please? <laughs> In times of war, the sea becomes a bastion girt round our tight little island. It says here. <laughs> and perhaps it's for the best you're terribly vulnerable if your bastions are ungirt. How well one remembers those dark wartime days back in the 40s. When we were going to the cinema to see those, there's a U-boat on port bar number one. I've been seven nights without sleep. The convoy must get through. Don't worry about Felicia, sir. I'll look after her. God, what a mess, what a ghastly mess type of film. <laughs> now, here is an excerpt from that great naval epic, In Which We Sink. <laughs> Starring Dame Celia Mole Strangler and aging juvenile Binky Huckerback. Charles, Charles, you're back. Yes. I'm between ships. I've got a 48. Yes, the chaplain told me. <laughs> it's not long, Charles. Was it, was it rough out there? In the Atlantic? Yes. Pretty rough. Just Noel Card and me against the entire German navy. <laughs> we, we had a brush with a Q-boat at Brest. Or was it a Brest-boat at Q? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. So damned tired. I don't know if I can stick it. You've got to, Charles. I can't. It seems so pointless. It's not pointless, Charles. We've all got to do it. The Russians are sticking it out in Stalingrad. <laughs> oh, my dear, in 30 degrees of frost. <laughs> but you don't know what it's like out there. In convoy, the officers' quarters were hit by a Stuka. We've been messing with the men for days. How awful for you, Charles. Yes. They're fine chaps, Fiona. From all over England they come. Miners, navvies, bus conductors, common, uncouth little men. But somehow, when they put on uniform, and they're fighting for an ideal, they become common, uncouth little sailors. <laughs> I'm going back to them. You were right, Fiona. I know, Charles. I know you know, etc., etc., etc. Oh, Charles, how brave you are. Yes, aren't I? <laughs> and handsome. Oh, yes, Charles, yes. Terribly, terribly handsome. And if I don't get back, will you do something for me? Yes, Charles, anything. Well, you remember that little... Cottage we rented at Tunbridge Wells just before the war. With roses round the door and hydrangeas in the garden. Yes. I want you to go back there. 
go back to that place which we shared with so many happy hours. But why, Charles? Why? I think I left the bathwater running. <laughs> And what of songs of the sea? Well, who better to sing us a rollicking shanty than rambling Sid Rumpo? Well, practically anybody, I should think, but unfortunately, he's here. Ah, uh, hi, my dearie And not fast, your dando, mate. A whole tight, your nadgers. Yes. <laughs> I once did, it gave me chillblains. <laughs> I take it you're going to bend our ears with a nautical ditty? Aye, aye, aye. It is something I picked up in a dockside tavern in Portsmouth. It tells, the, it tells of a mermaid who lures a young sailor lad to his doom with her watery embraces. She be half woman and half fish. Yeah, sounds like a girl you wouldn't half have fun with. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. When you've been at sea for days on end, you're not that choosy. <laughs> Tis a sad song and goes after this fashion. <clears throat> Twas on the good ship Habercock, and I a midship might, when four days out of Liverpool a mermaid did I sight. Singing fare ye well, my Betty-o, fare ye well, I say. Fare ye well, my pretty young maid, my fadets be bound away. <laughs> then the mermaid sings to him in wheedling tones. Come marry me, my pretty lad, and live beneath the billow. A coral reef shall be our bed, an octopus our pillow. <laughs> Singing fare thee well, my merry o, fare thee well to you. Fare thee well, my pretty young lass, my furrocks be rusted through. <laughs> And seduced by the siren's voice and the fact that he can only see the top half of her sticking up out of the waves, the foolish sailor lad leaps over the side and drowns. And as he goes down for the third time, he sings, Fare thee well, my Sally-o, fare thee well, sweetheart. I am no use to you, my love, my fuddocks have come apart. <laughs> well, there he goes, the rollicking, rambling Sid Rumpo. <laughs> and if anyone needs a good rollicking, he does. <laughs> The British are still a nation of seafaring adventurers. And in the studio with me are, are two such intrepid, grizzled old sea dogs who've only just completed a trip around the world in an open lifeboat. Well, gentlemen, welcome. Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. <laughs> hello, Mr. Horn. Well, what sent you trolling off around the world like you did? <laughs> Oh, it was the call of the sea, Mr. Hall. Yes. The call of the sea. When call I get sea. it, I can't resist he it. He can't resist it. He no. can't. That's that. <laughs> when he gets the call, he's got to go. Oh, he's got to go. 
He's got it, haven't you, Jude? Oh, like, a shot. like a shot. Like a shot. shot on, yes, he's yeah. off like a shot. Yes, we was in Southampton. The urge come on us, didn't come it? On us, Just yeah. come on us. I said to Jewel, why not? Why not? I said, why not? Didn't I, Jewel? Yes, you did. <laughs> I did. Yes, I don't tell no lies. I don't tell no lies. No, he yes. did. It's the truth, Mr. Horn. So I said, well, I'm game. And he is, Mr. Horn. <laughs> oh, oh, no, ducky. Oh, he's, there's no one game here. There's no one game here. So, no, I can say that again. Hey, yes, go on. <laughs> yes, thank you. So we set sail the next day in this lifeboat. What, with no preparations? Oh, I had my hair done. Oh, Love it. <laughs> oh, Bona Raya. Love it. Love Go on, Jew. <laughs> Any road up, to cut a long story short. <laughs> After several days at sea, where do we find ourselves? Where do we find ourselves? Where? Where? You do we may find well ourselves? ask. <laughs> Nowhere. No. <laughs> Nowhere. We had no idea where we were. Of course, we had our sea lallies by then. Oh. But, but if I told you what we suffered, you'd <laughs> never believe. <laughs> never. Fourteen days. Fourteen we were exposed. Days. Fourteen days. Fourteen days. Fourteen days. We were exposed. Exposed, exposed, exposed. to the elements. <laughs> yeah. Not a single tin of face cream. Not a single tin. <laughs> well, we nearly cracked, didn't we, Jewel? Oh, yeah. Nervous tension. No, dry skin. <laughs> and then this great storm blew up. Blew right up, it did. Yes. <laughs> right storm. Between him and me. Between him and me. Storm. I thought he'd nick me eyebrow tweezers. Look, yeah. Did you keep a record of the trip? Oh, cool. Show me a nautical log. Go on. Show me. <laughs> Nautical log. Yeah. Go on, show him, Jewel. Yeah. Mm. Listen to this. Mm. Eighth day, still no land to be varded anywhere. No land. Rations low. No. Down to our last tins of pate. Pate. Twelfth day, no food, no. sand, raving. I was raving. Oh, what? Fourteenth day, I went overboard. Oh, terribly, Mr. Horney did. A gale blowing at me, hanging on to me jib for dear life. Oh, spray oh, <laughs> dashing me eek. Mm. The salt taking me eyelashes. <laughs> it was terrible, Mr. Horn. Suddenly, I become aware Jewel is screaming. Department of no surprise. Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> he bowled. <laughs> And there he is in the water. In the water. And I shouted, didn't I? I yeah. shouted, oh, me, overboard! Yeah, what, did you, what did you do? There was one, only one thing you could do in a predicament like that. I fainted. Dead <laughs> away. I summoned up my last resources, stiffened up my sinews. Well, they do go limp in the water. <laughs> but, but did you manage to... <laughs> but did you manage to drag yourself up on deck? Oh, no, we dressed quite casual. <laughs> Well, like uh, sweaters and jeans. And... Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. yes. Well, I got back on board more dead than alive. More dead than alive, but I resuscitated him, oh, didn't yeah. I? Yes. I give him artificial resuscitation. Yes. Mind you, it's not like the real thing. It's more of the... <laughs> it's more of the kiss of death when he does it. <laughs> but listen to this from the log. 25th day. Dear diary, Sands in one of his moods again. I think he's going to pieces. He started to wander, didn't you, Sands? Yes, I wandered. I wandered, mm. didn't I? I don't like to talk about it, Mr Horn. I don't like to talk about it. It was terrible. I was babbling, wasn't I, Jewel? Babbling. 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 He was babbling a green fields, he was. Yes. An earl's court. Yes. 
<laughs> and she was rolling and pitching. Well, the boat. yes, the boat. We were shipping it green over the bows, and our gunnels were a wash, weren't they, Jules? A wash. And I do hate washy gunnels. Yeah. <laughs> then on the sixtieth day, we was picked up picked, by the purser. Picked up by the purser. Mm. Purser, I thought you were in a lifeboat. Well, we was, but it was strapped to the deck of the Queen Mary. <laughs> And it's men like that that made Britain what she is today. Well, that's the end of the show, except for the riddle Marie. Here it is. My first part is inflatable and squeaks. My second part is 17 inches long and translucent. My third part hums. And the sum of my parts is covered in ginger fluff and freckled. What is it? You see, there's one lying on my hall mat, and I'm not, not going to pick it up till I know what it is. <laughs> Cheerio. See you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Chalk and Marty Feldman, and the show is produced by John Simmons. (laughs) 